Meet Parker Bennett, real estate agent. Parker loves cabinets. Parker has a background in building inspections, so he knows houses. This is the Kamloops Insider with Parker Bennett. Welcome all to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider podcast. On this edition of the podcast, we're going to be chatting with Stephen Gillingham, who for the sake of real estate photos, he's kind of new on the scene, but he's probably been around for a while taking photos of other cool stuff. Uh, But for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to be chatting about why it's so darn important if you're trying to sell your house and trying to sell your house for the most amount of money possible, that you take unbelievable photos. And uh, Stephen does that. You can check him out on Instagram. His handle is Stephen Gillingham Photography. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn a little bit more about Stephen and 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 what makes his photos so great. And we're gonna chat about why it's so important. And I mean that why it's so darn important to take really 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 good photos when you're trying to sell your house. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoy it. Anyways, welcome to the podcast. Steve Gillingham. Thank it you. Gillingham. Gillingham. Yeah. Gillingham. 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 I know there's a G in it. Yeah. Just want to make sure I get it right. <laughs> okay, man. Welcome to the podcast. Is this your first podcast? This is. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Podcasts are fun. I like them. Um, Maybe just because I like to talk, and if anybody's willing to listen, <laughs> it's even a bonus. <laughs> and I appreciate mom clicking the like button for me. Yeah. Uh, that's always awesome. Anyways, today we're talking about uh, photographs, and I thought it, it would be fitting uh, to give this thing like a nice title, um, which I titled this podcast, A Picture's Worth a Thousand Words, okay? There's a Chinese uh, philosopher named Confucius, you know him. He was kind of given the credit for that awesome statement, but I think in the statement that we're gonna the chat we're gonna have today, it's pretty important to understand when you're marketing a home how important not only the first impression is, but the very little piece of impression that you may get if you're combing the internet looking at a house. Why it's so important to have awesome photos. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So um, welcome, Stephen Gillingham. Welcome to the podcast, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, come in and chat why it's so important to take photos. Um, tell me about yourself. How long have you been shooting photos? So I've been shooting photos for about two years now, and I actually came from mining, the, the mining industry. Um, just kind of wasn't really for me. It's great for the right person, but I kind of wanted to change. I explored a few other careers after I left that industry, and kind of accidentally stumbled upon this and basically made it everything, so. Right. Did you, like, when you were younger, in high school, university, whatever, were you that creative person that toted a camera around? Wasn't really creative with a camera. I actually performed a lot of street magic. Okay. Um, I kind of still do it as a hobby, but um, I've always been into artistic kind of... Okay, what's street magic? So, like, you know, uh, David Blaine, yeah, for yeah. example, that kind of stuff. They just go out casually and perform close-up, like, one-on-one or a small group, right. like, magic for people. And it's, it's not really so common nowadays. It's very, uh, like, a lot of people say it's like a dying field, but right. I find it's very awesome. It, I used to be very shy, so for me to do magic really helped me overcome that obstacle. Cool. Yeah, yeah it pulls you out of your shell. Totally. I could see that being like, you know, we just came off from holidays and like when you seem to go to high tourist areas, you get more of that stuff. Yeah. Like 
you know, people dancing or like people playing instruments on the side of the street or like magic. Like I can't remember where we see, I think it was in San Francisco. I was on a family vacation mm-hmm. and someone was performing some stuff on the side, but there was like a magic store just like down the road. Yeah. And my kids were in awe, and then I lost them. And then they're now we're in the magic store. <laughs> we're buying the how-to kits, buying the hats, all the all the goodies come along with it. Yeah. And then I think when we got home, I, it died. Yeah, so. the thing I like most about magic is um, no matter who it is, that's like in that moment, um, everybody shares that moment and forgets about everything else that's going on. So that's to the magician, that's the magic that we see. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So when you when you are in a what would you call it? An, an act? Yeah. Okay. When you're in an act, like, are you aware of the headspace of the person who's watching? Totally. There are people who some people think it's real. Right. Um, there are some people who just want to call you out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just people who don't want to enjoy it at all. But then there's the people who just love entertainment and, you know, they'll kind of like sit there and take it all in. Right. So. Yeah. So do you like before you before you do the trick? Are you trying to size him up? Like, is this guy going to try and call me out? Is he like he's looking around? Is he looking for the the hidden something rather, or or yeah. do you even care? Um, you kind of just go with it. I find like a lot of people get almost like this defensive because like you just kind of walk up and you're like, hey, like, are you interested in seeing like something kind of cool with some cards or? Yeah. And right away they're like, um, I don't even know you, man. Like, <laughs> so the world they get all is like so crazy nowadays, right? Yeah, they get all like statuistic. But then like once the trick's over, sometimes they'll just like explode with like enthusiasm, and all of a sudden they're like right into it. Whereas before I was like they didn't want to talk to you, right? And then they're calling their friends over. <laughs> yeah, and once you get called over by a friend, you're like you're invited into. Yeah. Like the community of socialism. Yeah. Right? You're allowed to be social now. You pulled the trick off successfully yeah. for their entertainment, and now they accept you. <laughs> right. So like shooting photos of a house is almost the same thing. You're kind of tricking the eye into seeing something at its top, most prestigious, perceived value. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like showing information the way that would be best intended to be shown, I think. Well said. Yeah, so, well said. Yeah. So you didn't. You don't always just shoot photos of houses. No, um, I shoot everything, uh, but mainly houses. So I've I've got experience like weddings and automotive, all that kind of stuff too. So like hot rods and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And wildlife. I've seen some wildlife, wildlife photos. Yeah. yeah. Wildlife park works really well for those like predators that yeah. you just don't want to get close to. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a crazy experience, like getting a photo of, let's say. I don't know the cougar's name that gets shot all the time at the wildlife <laughs> park, but a cougar, which is not seen very often, and then shooting one in the wild. Yeah. Because I actually got a photo, it's an iPhone photo, <laughs> of, uh, of a cat in a tree, like, in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Which is cool. I'll share it with you. Scary, yeah. though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I would panic. <clears throat> I was packing. I did panic once, actually. Did you? I went out to take a photo one early morning of this really beautiful view down in Grand Cache. And I stood up on the rock and I just started shooting and I turned to my right and not 10 feet away from me is this great big bear. So I just, I ran to my car and then I was like, shoot, I didn't get a picture of the bear. <laughs> right. So yeah, I panicked. That's why I always, if you got an iPhone and you're going to take a photo of something, just video it. Because mm-hmm. in the yeah. spur of the moment, yeah. the video is always rolling, right? You can always edit it out later. Yeah. Take stills out of the video. Take stills out of the video. Totally. I don't know if you lose any value. Like, does it compromise the picture at all? Like in an iPhone situation? Um, I think it's shot 
like close to the same format, so I don't think it really makes much of a difference. Right. Yeah. Cool. Doesn't seem like it. I have a cool story where I stuck my head into a bear den and videoed like a, a bear living in. Like, there's this bear that lives behind my house, and if you listen to the podcast regularly, this isn't the first time this story's come up. So I've chatted about it before, but I recently visited him this past week because I want to know if this bear is still hanging out in this den. Yeah. Um, yeah. My so my dog went into this bear den, popped out. I assume it's clear to go, right? Like there's couldn't be anybody in there because my dog just walked in and walked out and just kept cruising around and bark, didn't get excited. So <laughs> stick my head in. I had my phone, had the video on and I roll in there and I'm like, whoa, this is like a full bear sitting in there. <laughs> so I, every, every spring, as soon as the snow starts to melt and I can access where he hangs out, I just poke my head in there and he's like every spring, he's still, still in there. So he's, he's got cameras set up now on him. Like I got game cameras up there. Yeah. I want to know when he comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the they're same. starting to wake up. Well, they're kind of awake all winter. Yeah, well, they're... They don't really, like, fully out. They're coming out. They rest. Okay. I wish I could rest all winter. Yeah. No kidding. That'd be good. (laughs) Anyways, um, did you go to university here? Uh, No. No. Were you born in Kamloops? I was actually... Yeah, I was born in Kamloops, uh, raised in Logan Lake. Oh, Logan Lake. Yeah. Even better. Live there. I love Logan Lake. Nice. Yeah. I lived there until I was about three years ago. Yeah. And then moved here just for kind of more opportunities. So when you worked at the mine, was it Highland Valley? Yeah. 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 What'd you do at Highland Valley? Um, I did laboring, a little bit of truck driving, and then I was a janitor for the last bit. Okay. Um, yeah. I've worked for actually three different companies out there. I used to uh, be a driller's helper, and I also did surveying. Nice. Yeah. I never really think about it, but yeah, you would need a surveyor to survey all the excavation points, right? Yeah, we actually did. We, we were doing construction on the dam. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Pretty important, too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about photos. Um, what made you want to take photos of, like, four walls and a roof? I just... I like symmetry. Um, and I felt like there was a lot of opportunity to really help express a home like when I first started I kind of like looked around I didn't really know if I would was super comfortable with photographing people and stuff so I kind of wanted something like inanimate that was like you know comfortable to shoot right off the bat yep and I looked around and there was like it seemed like there was a lot of people that weren't really getting professional photos so I thought you know maybe it was a good place for me to start and as I kind of you know, kept photographing houses, I learned that I really like it more and more. So, right. Yeah. So would you call yourself like a structural photographer? Yeah, I think so. Is that like a thing? Yeah. It's like real estate, architecture, photography. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, there is definitely a demand in real estate. We were talking about before the podcast, but you know, five or six years ago, there was a very few people actually using professional photography. And I even know agents that had tons of listings who just, they dabbled in photography themselves. And so they shot their own photos. And because, because we were, I don't know, maybe transitioning from an era where we, you know, we were still putting stuff in the newspaper and, you know, like kind of more of a 2d sort of image and black Mm -hmm. and white. And you, you didn't need awesome photography um, to maybe where social media, it gets seen a little bit more and a little more regular, you know, 
like the marketing strategy so much might be more that on a platform where you're like showcasing who you are as a real estate agent. And if you're taking crappy photos, so to speak, but you, you don't want to put them on social media because then it's a really reflection of like the kind of marketing that you plan to do for mm-hmm. maybe half a million dollar, a million dollar house, right? Yeah. So I think recently it's been taken to the next level. And um, I think that there's a huge opportunity for a photographer who can understand what it is that an agent is looking for in photos, right? The way to capture 15, 20 really good images of the house to sort of set the storyline as to like, this is what life would be like in this house, right? This is what your view is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what the, the kitchen's going to look like after my wife cleans it, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> the, before the kids make a mess, right? Um, there is still like iPhones are tremendous photography equipment, like compared to like the days of, you know, just going to future shop and buying a Canon point and shoot. Um, tell me the difference between iPhone photography and what you do. So an iPhone um, can't shoot in raw, which is like what, you know, most professional cameras can, which when you shoot in raw, it gives you so much more data to work with in highlight shadows, all that kind of stuff. Just like so much more information to use in post. Right. Um, also, with shooting with a camera, you can use the right type of lens. Um, I know, like, iPhones, yeah, they got some width to the sh- pictures they can take, but with a proper wide-angle lens, you can really capture the space properly as opposed to a phone picture. You know, you go into a bedroom and you might get the bed. Right. Whereas the, the lens will get the whole room. Right. So, yeah. and, and not in like a fisheye view of the. No, yeah. um, fisheyes aren't de- are definitely not um, a lens that I would recommend. You want to use a wide angle lens because they'll keep everything true in terms of like the uh, the lines on the walls and stuff being straight. Right. Yeah. We're gonna get into that a little bit later. You probably have a good laugh on that one, but um, <laughs> what about the idea of like? I mean, I have an opinion that, and I've heard this from other agents. I have a really good camera. Mm-hmm. Right, I spent some money. I bought a camera. Um, you know, I kind of dabble in photography, and so I'm going to shoot my own photos. How would you? What would you say to that? Well, um, it's. I mean, obviously, it's doable for sure. Depending on, I guess, in the individual's skill level. Right. But it's not even just like taking the photos. Now, it's that's like literally half of the work. Right. Like the other half is going home. And editing it properly so it's accurate. The colors are accurate. You're able to get the dynamic range of dark and light, you know, show the information outside of the windows, you know, remove small things that, you know, don't need to be in photos. Trampolines. Totally. Trampolines, <laughs> small things, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my statement to that is simply this. Um, even if I dabbled in something, I'm really not doing this for me. I'm representing somebody's house. And so if there's even a tiny, minute something rather that can make it better, I'm all for it. And I don't think that that should be a question you even ask yourself. It should be, you know, you're, you're trying to market a home to the very best of its capabilities. And we were talking earlier about, like, shooting photos for Kijiji, you know, for five and $600 things, how crappy that is. To, to think about a seven or $800,000 house, you don't want to dabble. You mm-hmm. just want it to be perfect, yeah. right? 100% all the time. That's my thoughts. 
Um, let's talk about some trouble areas, areas that are difficult to capture, um, for, at least from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Top of my list would be bathrooms. Totally. Not always is a bathroom the most elegant room in a house, but I can, t- can definitely say for 100% certainty that next to the kitchen and the entrance of a property, the bathroom is definitely something that really highlights the house. And like a really nice bathroom can really say a lot about, you know, the pride of ownership in the home. Plus the new owners can really imagine like a clean life in the home. I, I, I say clean, but I just, I don't know what else to use. Like yeah. if it's grubby and gross and moldy and it's dated, it sort of sets the tone. Yeah. Um, it's and it, it, for, for, from a photography standpoint, if somebody has a really nice bathroom, you really got to capture that some way, right? Yeah. So I got a couple areas. So in the bathroom, countertops full of toothpaste and toothbrushes <clears throat> and now electric toothbrushes are pretty common to see up there and soaps and sanitizers and all kinds of stuff. Um, got to get those things off the, off the counter in order to display that properly. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting one, we, we saw it earlier today, but you know, some people, when they take their own photos, they'll, they'll capture themselves in the mirror. Click. Yeah. There I am. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and this is probably something where a wide angle lens, because the rooms tend to be a lot smaller, plays a real significant role, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, like a wide angle lens not only gets the width um, horizontally, but it also gives you more vertically as well. Right. So it'll give you that chance to see the floor still, but at the same time being able to see up where the light fixtures are and stuff like that. And appliances. Yeah. Shower, shower curtains. Shower curtains. Yeah. Do we open them or we close them or is that I a play by play? It's, uh, it can be a play-by-play. Most of the time, I'll open it halfway and take everything on the side that has the tap and the shower head right. hidden behind the curtain yep. because I want to show all of the features inside of the tub as well. Like, I want to show what the faucets look like and everything. So, right. yeah. Would you say that's one of your traits? Um, it could be. Yeah. Like, when I see certain photos, sometimes I know who the photographer is just by I know, like, this is typically what they do. Mm-hmm. Maybe like they stand at the kitchen sink and look out the window if there's one, and that's a photo. They give they give away who they're shooting. Yeah. Um, Another thing too, like yeah, a lot of the time a photographer will have a hard time getting their camera out of the mirror. Right. Um, so, but there's actually ways where you can like remove the camera from the mirror in post. Just edit it out. Yeah. As or, a photographer, do you feel the need to, like, if you walk in to photograph somebody's bathroom, like, do you feel the need to clean it up or move stuff yourself? Totally. Yeah. I Pretty much every house, every room, I'm always doing something uh-huh. because, you know, people don't really know exactly what it takes sometimes to have your house photo right. Everyone's interpretation is different. Yeah. Like, maybe them leaving their toothbrush out is, or, like, some soap and stuff is their way of saying, yeah, this I think functional. this is good. Yeah. But maybe other people don't want to see your toothbrush on the counter. They want sure. to see the counter. Yeah. <laughs> and like the counter looks so much bigger when there's just nothing on it. Yeah. So it's a way to maximize the size, at least in the presentation that you're giving it. Yeah. I know a lot of people um, will indicate that the house always looks bigger when you take a wide angle photo. But I think that's kind of the point. Like you're trying to maximize what it looks like. And yep. if you took a picture that was real limiting, you would sort of hide that. But I think that's one of the byproducts that buyers have is when they're, when they're in a house that's shot really well with a wide-angle lens, you're not playing with the size of the room in any way. Um, you know, it always seems a little bit smaller in real life, which, which is fine. 
Yeah, like a lot of the times when you shoot with a wide-angle lens, you're shooting from usually the corner or a wall. So you're not really all the time in a perspective where people would normally stand because you're trying to get as much of the space as you can to show it off in each photo. So that may be why things look a little bigger too. Roger that. Um, Outdoor spaces. Obviously in the summer, I mean, I have this discussion with, with sellers all the time. They, they want to sell their house in November, but they're like, let's wait till the, the grass is green because it'll look better. Realistically, when you're on the market, you're on the market. You're going to be compared to other houses that have snowbanks and, and no leaves on the trees, whatever. But I think still it's, a, it's difficult to capture great outdoor space in the winter. Um, but like on the house that you shot, for me, just uh, maybe a month ago or so, you know, we had the the uh, frozen trampoline in, in the ground mm-hmm. and you managed to edit that out and sweep that and make that look clean. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a benefit for sure, right? Yeah, totally. And we talked about like the time of year when the snow melts just to the point where you can start seeing the doggy doo-doos in the backyard. Yeah. Can you edit those out? You can. Time consuming, but, but it's doable. doable. Yeah. Yep. What about shady days? Um, so even like, you know, if people are flexible on when they can get the house photographed, sometimes even the time of day can affect how the photos are going to look Right. Due, the, due to the position of the sun or, of course, the conditions of the day, like you said, cloudy or sunny. Right. Um, shady days, clouds act as a diffuser, so it's a softer light that hits the house, whereas sunlight is more direct, harsh shadows, all that kind of stuff, right? Everything's kind of yellower. Right. Um, so... Regardless, you can make it look good no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then we had this discussion, you and me, uh, about interior photos, but capturing the exterior through a window. Mm-hmm. And we got a, a great example of that on one of the examples we're going to show you. But, you know, if you don't have the right, ca- is it the right camera? Or, like, how does that photo come together? So it's it's almost, it's multiple photos. Right. Um Basically, a professional should always use a tripod because, you know, if you're taking multiple photos from the same spot, unless you're, unless your camera's stable, you're not going to have those shots line up. And basically, we take different exposures, um, some being exposing for outside and then some being exposing for the room. And the processing knows how to put those into the same image. So you're getting the true, you know, information from both outside and inside and I feel like that's important because every photo that shows a window should also show the information that's outside of that window like here's your view yeah right yeah instead of just white even if the view is terrible it's really weird to look at a picture with a room and the window you have this big bay window and all it is is just this gleam Mm -hmm. right you can't see anything it almost looks like it's a wall with a picture yeah doesn't really show you know, when it's outside, there's the blue sky. Even on a cloudy day, it shows the color. It shows, like, it makes it rich, right? Yeah. And what if there's a mountain view outside of that dining room and all you get is white? Then maybe that person's not going to like that house from viewing it online because they didn't realize that there was a nice view there. Yeah, for sure. Um, storage space, garage space, also a problematic area to shoot. Um, I usually have a rule of thumb with uh, people when they're listing their house and getting their house ready to sell. I usually tell them that, you know, if you have a bunch of stuff, because you do, if you live in the house, you got clutter, whatever, 
if you have to get rid of it, like, like we need it to be as clean and, and clutter-free as possible, if you got to pick a room to dump stuff in, do it in the garage. Because mm-hmm. people can kind of generally get the idea from an exterior that it has a, a garage. And I don't think that unless the garage has some features in it that make it really, you know, a, a focal point of, the, of living in this house, I think it's okay to not shoot the garage. Mm-hmm. I still like photos of the garage, but I don't put them up on MLS. I usually keep that data for follow-up information. Yep. Um, but that's a good place to tuck stuff. Totally. You know, even a storage room, you know, you're not going to really get dynamic photos of a storage room. But um, what about rooms like in the basement where you have like a theater room? Um, well, I mean, capturing it from different angles. Yep. Definitely. Um, you know, from the perspective of sitting or like corner shots, um, kind of showing off the size of the room or right. like the layout specifically. And you can adapt your shutter speed. I'm yep. going on a limb here. <clears throat> shutter speed to get light in there. Yeah. With darker rooms, like you need to be on a tripod too, because you have to have a longer exposure. Um, right. and you just can't physically hold your camera still for two or three seconds or anything, you know, just be blurry. Yeah. It'll just be blurry. Right. Um, and then same thing. Well, you know, you can do bracketed shots for dark rooms too and at least keep the detail in the lights right. and then get all the shadows, like the details in the shadows too. So, Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, one of the things I, this really doesn't have anything to do with you, but we were talking about flexibility of taking good photos. Um Sometimes people are so excited to get their house listed that they want it like, I want it listed, you know, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so an agent will run out. You have to provide a photo to get on MLS. You'll provide an exterior photo or like a couple of shots because you know you got a photographer coming on Wednesday to shoot the house. It's a real big fail in the eyes of MLS because there are so many people that, are, that will look at every photo on the day a listing comes out, but then in four days or three days or two days, they're not looking at old listings because if they're really good, they're sold. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the illusion, right? Yeah. And so there was a <clears throat> recent listing here a couple of days ago that only came up with one photo. And now that we've, me and Tina have looked at the photos of the inside of the house, it was actually a really nice house. The exterior photo was terrible. Yeah. And they, that was the only photo that it had for its first weekend on the market. So I would say hold off till you got the photos. Totally. It's like a sense of like a false excitement. Like, right. you know, you, you may, yeah, you want to hit the market right away, but it's like you've taken all the excitement out of it now because, you know, you give a photo where it's like, oh, that's it. That's you just want to be prepared. Yeah. You want to be prepared. Yeah. How long does it take to shoot? Like if I call you tomorrow and uh, I say, Stephen, I got a house. I got to shoot it. Obviously, I give you as much notice as I can. What's the time between taking the photos, getting them edited, ready to go on drive or whatever? Um, I always deliver within 24 hours. Sometimes I can get photos to you within like six, seven hours. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That'd be From great. start to finish. Like you, you hear that me. agents, real estate agents out there? <laughs> <laughs> Putting a plug in here. Um, yeah, there's a couple of things I wanted to chat about just with regards to uh, preparing photos. And we've done a podcast where we chatted about, you know, how to prepare your home for professional photos. But, you know, things like having the curtains prepared for you and already opened, um, super ideal. There, there's a huge school of thought where people think 
that when you're at home, your, your blinds are open. And when you're not home, you close the blinds. I, I don't know. Is that, mm-hmm. Does that rain true to anything? Is there any reason behind that? When I leave my house, I open my blinds. Oh, you open them? Yeah. You're like opposite. For my plants to have light. Nice. Right. Make your house feel <clears throat> excited for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, when you get photos, it would be nice to have those all prepped. Because if you have a 35-year-old house, let's say it's south-facing, one side of the house is south-facing, your canvas gets really, really hot in the summertime. And those are original blinds. I used to be a home inspector. I used to play oh. with a lot of blinds. <laughs> <laughs> those blinds don't always hold up. You know, you give them a little pull and they come falling apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be nicer if the homeowner did that for themselves. Yeah. Um, let's talk about like hardwood floors, laminate floors. Like when you get a across the room photograph, you get this beautiful sheen that comes off floors. Mm-hmm. Is that something you've edited it in? Because at times I've seen like footprints everywhere and when the photos come out, they look great. Um, usually it's just... It just comes together in post. It's not usually anything you can touch on. Sometimes, though, when you're shooting uh, like in the direction of a window, you can get the glare from outside on the floor, too. Right. Um, there are ways to shoot the house where you can actually get rid of the glare as well, using okay. a flash. Yeah, I, I always found that if you get an extra photo in there and you got hardwood floors or sometimes even laminate floors, that sheen looks, it makes the floor look brand new, mm-hmm. right? All the textures in the hardwood or laminate and the gloss, like the that glossy finish yep. that sometimes it has. Shows really, really, well. really and this, like the color just stands right out. It's nice. Yeah, beautiful. Um, obviously, keeping your house super clean and tidy is a big one. Um, you know, if you have like a fresh vacuum, this goes back to like when you had longer shag carpet, shaggier <laughs> carpets. But I think even today, like. There's more Berbers out there that still have a bit of flow to the fabric. And if you give it like a nice vacuum and a tippy-toe out of the room, it gets shot. Yeah, it looks Mm -hmm. really clean, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Washing windows. Yeah. Recently had that issue where, you know, you got like years and years of debris that are kind of like just situated on the glass. And then when you take your photos, now you got to edit it out, right? Yeah, you can tell how someone washed their window. Yeah. What, streakies? <laughs> I don't know. Can you think about anything else? <clears throat> Here's something you did um, on one of my listings. I, I asked the seller to organize their closet in color, cord, color coordination. So they had their clothes kind of... Nice. You know, all the whites, yeah. all the beige. <clears throat> it looks good on the photos. It does look good. Right? It spreads the color. It also says something about the homeowner. Yeah. So it's like, I'm organized. Yep. Yep. I've got pride of ownership here. Like, this yep. is how I roll. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And especially if you got someone who's a little particular, you know, and they're shopping for houses. I know, like, that would stand out for me. I don't know if it's OCD or what, but seeing everything nice and neat and color-coordinated. When you see, a, yeah, when you see, like, a neat house, you, it says a lot about the person who lives there. Right. In a way where it's like, when you look at that house, you think, oh, the they must have took really good care of that house. Yeah. Right? Because look at the way their closet is or, you know, how clean their house is. So. I always tell buyers, usually when we're cruising through a house, that the mechanical room, the room where your furnace and hot water tank lives and usually your broom and some crap you can't get out of the way, will tell you about the homeowner. 
Like if you see that the furnace has an inch of dust on it, you know, there's a good chance they don't regularly service their furnace, right? Which means they're only servicing the, the visual stuff, not the behind the scenes stuff. And so I always tell people when they're selling, if I see like a really nasty kind of mechanical room, it's odd, but I need you to go in there and clean that all up. Like literally wash your furnace because even when the inspection happens, so after post making an offer and wooing a potential buyer, when, you're, when your home inspector comes through there, he makes the same decision about whether or not you're like a serviceable guy. And that's all they care about is like, do I have worries mechanically or you know, electrically or structurally in the maintenance of this house? And it tells a lot about that area, about the home. And most people don't know what's going on in the furnace, so they just tend to leave it alone. But even if you have your you know, filters clean and stuff, like, it just says something about you as a, as a seller. And again, first impression. First impression. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to read you a statement that's been said on this um, podcast before, but I think it's worth saying again. This is uh, the National Association of Realtors have confirmed that buyers form an opinion within the first 30 seconds of entering a home. So they're probably not in the furnace room at that first 30 seconds, <laughs> but I might be. <laughs> you would be. Out. Um <laughs> And they'll spend the rest of their time in that home validating what their first impression indicates. Mm-hmm. So if it's a great house, they'll just validate it. If it's a terrible house, they'll just validate it. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're just going to validate what they feel. And I think that's the same as, like, marketing it online. So if you have a great photograph of something, you tend to favor the home, and everything will be in favor of their first impression. For sure. Because if it's a terrible, terrible photo, shame on you, realtor, real estate agent, um, but they're going to make that same decision, right? It's like harder to come back from a bad reputation yeah. than it oh, is yeah. to maintain a good one. Right. Yeah. It's a good statement. Let's play a game. It's called What's Wrong With This Pick? <laughs> um, uh, we can't say the address or the real, ter- real estate agent or the uh, brokerage or anything, but, and I know you're, this is a podcast so you can't see, which is a good thing because I give it away. But I just want to take you through a couple photos and get your opinion, Stephen, your professional photography opinion. Okay. So here's a photograph, and it's got like this nice big bay area here. So if you can imagine in your mind, if you're listening, there's like a kitchen. It's got a blown out wall, and it's open. And in the same photograph, oh, we've got the homeowner in it. What's wrong with that picture? Wow. <laughs> um, everything. <laughs> um, so there's people in the photo. Windows are blown out. Not all the lights are on. It's kind of mix and match, so it's not consistent. The, sh- the shadows, there's no detail. It's just pitch black, so you can't really tell what's there. Yeah. What about the dishes? They can't the even dishes, tell. yeah, like counter space. Yeah. And then the, the, the room itself isn't straight. Like, it, whoever shot the picture was looking down, yeah. which gives those lines, you know, coming up towards the top outwards. Yeah. This house should, should be photoed better. It would mm-hmm. show well. Oh, it's yeah. not like it's a terrible house. Um, and then the fact that they have the same exact photo doubled. Yeah. One with the person in, one with the person out. From that angle, Why? too, the, uh, if you had maybe a wider lens, like a proper lens, yep. it looks like on the left side there, there's another doorway that goes into the, like into the, the dining area. Yep. So if you took that picture properly, you might be able to show all the information where it's like this actually wraps right around instead of it looking like it just goes out to the right. Okay, I'm going to show you another one from the same house. Like that. Blown out sky. Truck. And there's a truck in the way. That's interesting. So when you say blown out the sky, what does that mean? So it means like there, it's so bright that there's actually no data there. It didn't recover any of the data in the clouds or anything. 
Oh. <laughs> so here we got a photo, and we got the thumb in the corner. Awesome. And then if you look in the middle of the lawn there, there's a light flare. That's something that you can avoid, too. Okay, so surprisingly, this home didn't sell. That's surprising. In a, in a good market. That's a good neighborhood, too. I don't even think the price is bad. <laughs> We're actually going to go market for this guy. Could have been just strictly pictures, photos. Okay, let's check another one out. <laughs> I don't know what that is. The scooter's living under the bed. <laughs> Some eyes coming out of there. Okay, yeah, I think these ones were the outside, like the windows, the glares. Oh, blown out windows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that the proper terminology? Yeah, that, that's the photo. Okay. The one with the cats in it. Um, so, yeah, a lot wrong with that. Okay, let's, for try sure. one, let's try one more. That's like I know the last podcast we had, we talked about this one listing, and it was, you know, over a million dollars. And the pictures were blurry, and it was... It was terrible. It was terrible. And we could talk for hours. But this is <laughs> Do my you see that one? Right <laughs> this is a photo. So imagine <laughs> in your head, you're, you're looking at your potential new home, and uh, there's about seven or eight different kitty litter pads on the ground soaking up. Yeah. You can only guess. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, another thing that st- stood out in this photo was like useless photos. Um, just that the, they're not level. No. There were some photos here that were just really not level. This was a different house. Especially, well, that one and that first one with the, the kitchen. Yeah. And All there, the clutter. There's a lot of pictures up that shouldn't be up. Anyways. Yeah. That was fun again. I wish it was video. We could capture that, but we'd probably be, I'd probably be out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> Kicked out of the real estate board for that one. Um, so we didn't disclose where those came from. And those are fake. Totally yeah, fake. fake photos. Fake photos. Yeah. And we just fake did that photos. for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, how do people get a hold of you? Like, how do, how do people reach out and get you to take, take some photos for them? So you can call me on my cell phone. Um, I've had people reach out to me through Facebook, Instagram, um, email. Instagram, you got um, Stephen Gilham Photography? Yeah. Is that, is that how it goes? Yeah. I actually yeah. have two um, accounts now. Two one accounts? is that, and then the other one just has a .re for real estate, and basically it's just like an account showing all my real estate work. Right. So Nice. Yeah. Cool. I, I just wanted to point out to you that as a real estate agent, I would never go look. I just see too many damn houses. Mm-hmm. I'd never seek out to look at real estate photos. Um, see where, where I ran into you was the wildlife photos and you had some pictures of like, um, I think it's called daybreak. There was one you had titled daybreak. Yep. It was Kamloops with the river in the background. I just stared at that photo forever. Yep. And then when I saw that, you know, it was in your feed, checking out your photos and all of a sudden, boom, Hey, you got a real estate photo in there. Like, Oh, cool. Guy takes real estate photos. So that's kind of a bonus. That's how I was put on to you. So I, I don't know if you'd want to segregate the real estate from, because if you're chasing real estate agents, I mean, we see photos. Yeah. We just get tired of them. Like For sure. Every day, photo, 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 right? Yeah. Um, let's play a game. This is a new segment to my podcast. And from now on, this is like the Kamloops version of, of what it's like to be a Kamloopian. So let me just ask you this. You said you grew up in Logan Lake. Yes. Are you going to move back there? No. No. Is Kamloops your home? Yes. Do you ever foresee yourself leaving? Um, I don't know, actually. That's, it's really hard to know. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to say, yeah. I'm pretty, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty happy here. Yeah. For now, yeah. 
I find like most photographers either want to go to somewhere where it's there's more picturesque type environment. Right. But like for me, I love seeing pictures of rolling sage hills. Yeah. Blue backgrounds on that dry, dead grasslands. <laughs> to me, I love that. <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. Nice adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay. I was trying to say, yeah. I tried to say, get you to say something like, Kamloops is my home forever and I'm never going to leave. <laughs> and then I'm going to hit you with what I, the segment I call, how Kamloops are you? Okay. Oh, three years, Kamloops. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to grow this into a more deeper Kamloops. Yeah. Tina hasn't been here for three years. She's only been here for how long? Um, two and a half. Two and a half. Two. And she got all three of these answers right. Really? <laughs> so she's pretty Kamloops. I am She's Kamloops. more Kamloops, yeah. Yeah, more Kamloops wow. than me. I'm like 18 years or something like that. And <laughs> um, I only got one right. Okay, so trivia question. How Kamloops are you? Um, let's start with the easy question, okay? okay. Uh, what is the English meaning of the word Kamloops? Um, a town with loops. Okay. That's my best guess. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. What is it? Remember? Where the rivers meet. Where the rivers meet. So it's like a Shuswap native word. Oh, okay. It's Kamloops Indian Band, kind of Shkwetmik word okay. for nice. the place where two rivers meet. Yeah. Isn't it three rivers? It's three. where the rivers meet. They don't specify, specify a number. All right. Hmm. Um, so you're close. We'll yeah. you close. Yeah. <laughs> the next one's going to be even more difficult because I was going to ask you to pick a date when you figured that Kamloops was established. You have, you have to be, like, within 20 years on this one. That's a huge room for error. Okay. When it was established? Yeah. Oh, man. When the city of Kamloops was established. Uh, don't judge. 1950? No. No. Way earlier. Way earlier. Starts, okay. with a, starts with an 18. 1873. <laughs> 1893. That was within 20 years. Perfect. There you go. Perfect. Pretty Kamloops. <laughs> that was pretty close. Um, founded in 1811 and established in 1893. All right, this one's like a serious question. This really defines whether or not Kamloops is, is in your bloodstream. <laughs> so um, how Kamloops are you? What's the seating capacity of the uh, Sandman Center where the Blazers play hockey? You could be within like, I'm going to say 1,500 people because I was out by 3,000. Oh, man. I'm pretty hockey, though, so I and think I this was easy for me. In that clue, there was some clues there. There was some hints in that clue. 10,000? 10,000 is pretty close. Um, 6,400. Yeah. Oh. There you go. It's not bad. Yeah. I was off by 100. Really? Yeah. You said 65? I said 65. Man, we should have bet because you would have won. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was pretty certain it was 3,500. Yeah. Because we were trying to guess at the last uh, concert um, at the George, George Bamford concert. Let's try to figure out how many people were there. Cord Bamford. Yeah, Gord <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very, I'm not very Gord Bamford either. Well, there was, there was drinks flowing that night. <clears throat> not for me. Gord, George. <laughs> I was a designated driver. I was not. Okay, buddy, I appreciate you coming in. Yeah, and, nice. you know, if you want to check out some of Stephen's work, go on to his Instagram page, Stephen Gillingham Photography, um, and or R-E at the end, dot R-E. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, for some real estate photos. If you're looking to get some real estate photos done, if you just want to check out his gear and give him some thumbs up and, and follow along and see what uh, awesome photos of Kamloops that T can deliver. Um, I know you got some nice photos of that Battle Street spot too. Yeah. Where everybody's at Battle Street. It's a really scenic spot to take photos. Totally. Close to home, so it's a very good last-minute spot. 
yeah, check him out, reach out, and uh, I'll put a link to his contact details in the podcast. For sure. And just so everyone knows, um, I actually recently started doing video work. So if you guys want real estate videos, then I'd be happy to help you out too. You doing drone? Yep. Drone. Everything. Drone. You betcha. Matterport? Uh, Not Matterport yet, actually. No. No. Okay. But maybe soon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. What? Can you give me a price? Um, What's the average price? For? For like a residential shoot. Um, for like a house, photos, 150 bucks. 150 bucks? Yep. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. Call Parker Bennett now for your complimentary home evaluation.